0: Welcome to another episode of The Impolite Psychologist. So there's a term we use in the world of therapy and that is compartmentalization. And it's the idea that you could take a thought or an emotion and sort of put it away in a compartment in the back of your mind. That if you don't want to think of something or you don't want to feel something, for a period of time, or for forever, you can put it away in a compartment in your mind, and it is gone. Now, there are reasons that we need to be able to compartmentalize. There are good reasons to use this. If an EMT or a paramedic comes upon a bloody scene, where they have to intervene they're not going to spend too much time thinking about the effects of the accident on the person's family they're not going to worry about that stuff because they have to get a job done they have to fix or heal this person and so they can only think about one thing and that is the job of repairing somebody medically. They can't think of anything else. And so in this sense, compartmentalization is necessary in order to get a job done. Now, I think most of us can relate to the idea that you have to put thoughts or feelings aside in order to get something important done. For example, college student is dealing with a difficult breakup and they have to go in and take their final exam in a class and in order to get through the exam in order to think clearly they have to put away the feelings and the thoughts about the breakup at least for the period of time it takes in order to get the test done and pass the test and so there are very good reasons for us to use compartmentalization just in order to sort of function in our everyday lives. There are times where we just have to put things away in order to deal with whatever is in front of us. Now there are times where compartmentalization goes very wrong and I'll give you an example of that. Um, and I've mentioned this before, when people come in to see me, and they're usually middle aged and basically they find themselves joyless and unhappy in a career that they never really liked, but always paid the bills. And you would not believe how often this happens. I mean, I've given a lot of crap to, to lawyers about this, but it does happen in every field and the idea was i'll just put aside my feelings because i have to pay these bills and i'll do that for as long as it takes and what ends up happening is someone will stay in a job for decades and then really just kind of lose their joy in life because every day is such a chore and they have to turn off their emotions And they have to somehow find the energy to get through all the tasks of the day while they absolutely hate what they're doing. And so in this case, the use for compartmentalization is to get rid of emotions as you work. Now, the problem is you do that for decades and you'll find that your life becomes kind of depressing or even stressed out. And so this episode is kind of about that, about how people will put aside thoughts and emotions into their little compartments in their brains and end up sort of falling apart in the end or end up in weird situations when it's gone on for too long. And I do want to stress that we all need to be able to compartmentalize in our lives but there's a difference between doing it temporarily in order to get through a situation and compartmentalization becoming a way of being to get through years of your life now the way i see this playing out is What happens is people will encounter what would normally be deal breakers in their life in some emotional way. Like it just doesn't make sense for your emotional well-being to take something on and you take it on, but you have to find a way to ignore your feeling in order to get through it. So here are some ways that compartmentalization is not useful. Now, I used to have a friend who would always say that she would like to marry a rich guy who's basically never home with the idea that she could benefit from the money but not have to actually deal with being in a relationship with the other person. And all of this was sort of based on the idea that said rich guy was probably undesirable or somebody that she would not want to be with anyway. Which is an interesting preemptive strike on not having a bad relationship without even having met the person yet, which is kind of funny in and of itself. But I do think that people sort of make concessions within their relationships with the wrong person. For example... I have had many people who have come in to see me who were in open relationships, meaning that although they were in a committed relationship with their partner, they were, both of them, were sort of free to have sexual relations outside of the partnership with other people now mind you i've got one of them in therapy and so i've got the one who's unhappy with the arrangement usually and there's a reason that they're unhappy with the relationship and usually it goes something like this they met their partner they fell in love with their partner decided that that person was the one for them and then found out that their partner really wanted an open relationship now they are often convinced that you know you shouldn't go by these societal rules and this just sort of creates barriers for happiness for people etc etc whatever the partner has told them in order to justify why they should be in an open relationship. I always see the person who's actually depressed about the situation, that they're in this relationship. They don't like the arrangement. They don't like the idea that their partner is out there having relations with other people. And usually underneath it all, it has something to do with, I'm not good enough. I can't hold my partner's attention or I don't have enough sexual prowess in order to keep them interested in me or whatever it is. But somehow their feelings about being unhappy in the arrangement get put away, get compartmentalized because they tell themselves that they need to be more open-minded, they shouldn't be so conventional, they shouldn't be falling into such societal norms, it's unnecessary, human beings should be more free, etc., etc., etc. So what ends up happening is the person who's not happy with the arrangement has depression about it, and then feels like they're a jerk because they want more or expect more from their partner. They want more commitment and that makes them feel bad about themselves. And so they try to put away all of the emotions that go with being unhappy about their partner, seeking the affection of other partners. And so it's kind of an interesting conundrum, but um, I do see this. Another thing I see is with what we would call resilient children. Children who maybe had a bad childhood in some way. You know, abusive parents, drugs or alcohol in the house, problems with the law in their home, poverty, whatever it is, their childhood was very, very difficult. And through... Whatever it took, got themselves out of that situation, left the neighborhood, left the family, left the toxic support system, whatever it was, and they live a different life now. And they are successful and relatively happy and have healthy relationships. And so, this is what we would call someone who's resilient now what happens is because they are in a healthy place in life they will tend to meet other healthy people who maybe didn't have the same background that they did and what will happen is they'll meet somebody who say was raised by loving parents in an environment in which everyone had a legitimate job everybody was psychologically healthy, they supported one another, um, that kind of thing. And so what happens is then the resilient child will not want to tell the person with whom they're in a healthy relationship currently what their history is like, or they might want to, they'll either not want to talk about it, especially in the beginning, Or they'll try to hide some aspect of their childhood that was very obviously toxic and very obviously unhealthy. And they try to keep that compartmentalized and sort of put away from the person that they're in a relationship with. And so that's fine if they're just in sort of temporary time-limited monogamous relationships for the rest of their life but when they meet the person that they want to really engage in a romantic deep secure connected relationship with they have a really hard time because they don't know how to navigate them seeming like a normal healthy person And being in a relationship with a normal, healthy person and then having all this baggage from the past. And they struggle just to kind of be more honest and let that history come out. And so in this case, the compartmentalization is to keep the other person in the relationship from finding out. Now, one of the biggest problems I see, and it's mainly related to people who really are in these long term committed serious relationships, whether they're married or just sort of partnered up forever, that a lot of people will enter into these relationships with some kind of issue with either the person's family. Or their children or something like that so I'll give you an example of this like somebody who decides to get married even though the family doesn't approve with the idea that I don't have to have a relationship with your family I can just have a relationship with you and that will be enough which is all fine and dandy until somebody has a kid and then the problem of not having a relationship with the in-laws is that that's impossible when you have children. Now, the other thing is that I see people who are later in life, after maybe having gone through a divorce and dating again with kids, and they will meet somebody who maybe that person never had children or, just has no interest in having a relationship with their children they somehow try to make it work where again it's like you and i are in a relationship and i know you have kids but i don't really have to have a relationship with them i can just avoid seeing them all together i don't have to interact with them I don't have to be a part of their life at all. Like, I'll just see you when I see you, and hopefully they're not there, which really doesn't work because you're not fully accepting your partner for who they are in totality, right? Who they are as a person, which has to do with also being a parent. And so I see this somehow... People want this to work, that somehow they think that the partnership is only with the other person and that everybody else in their life doesn't have to exist. And so this is the rest of the family, the rest of the partner's family gets put away, compartmentalized into some issue I don't have to deal with. I'm only having a relationship with you. And this always, always, always falls apart sooner or later, because at some point the partner says, Hey, I've got this family over here. It's a part of my life. It's a part of my identity. They're part of who I am. And I don't know how to not have my family. Or not be a part of my family eventually no matter how long it takes it will eventually come to that and I will have people come into therapy saying you know I hate my in-laws or I hate my partner's family and um, you've seen this work right You, you know I can make this work right where I just don't see them or I just don't talk to them or I don't answer their phone calls or I just have him or her be the go-between, and I don't have to deal with them. And I always say, no, that's gonna fall apart eventually. And then I get the, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but in these circumstances, yeah, don't you think I could make it work in these circumstances? (laughs) I can't just stop saying no, but they don't believe me. They think that it can somehow work itself out for them to not have a relationship with their partner's family. It's very interesting. And I see how people will try to make others compartmentalize as well. I will see people go so far as to ignore some part of their partner's personality that they simply don't like and just pretend it's not there. For example, I know my partner, when they drink too much, they fly into rages and start breaking everything in the house. But, you know, that doesn't happen very often. It's only once in a while. And overall, they're a good person. So I'm just going to ignore that. They will literally find a way to justify, put away, compartmentalize some egregious part of their partner's personality that really can't be ignored, but people try to find a way. And I had given the example uh, a couple of episodes back of angela shelton who had been sexually abused by her father and the thing about that is like it's not like he was a single dad there was a wife who was there who was fully aware of what he was doing there's a whole other story behind that but there are a lot of these situations in which people know that the person they are married to is a perpetrator and then just sort of put it away even when they see evidence of it they might tell themselves oh that's not what i was really seeing or he didn't mean anything by that or i guess that's not really inappropriate i guess it could happen under this or that circumstance and they find a way to compartmentalize that spidey sense that they have that something is terribly wrong and what their partner is doing is awful. They find a way to just simply put it away, pretend it's not there. I have seen this happen in relationships in which the partner's behavior is not so egregious, but just sort of the idea that Someone will tell their partner, I don't want you to talk about A, B or C. I don't like these topics. It's upsetting to me. And as long as you don't talk about that, everything will be okay between the two of us. And so they will set up a set of circumstances where the partner has to compartmentalize thoughts and feelings about certain topics so for example you may have met people in your life who were dating forever and it was always a question of sort of like when are you guys going to get married and there's excuses always excuses and stuff and I was remembering uh, when the office first started on TV Pam the character Pam was engaged to Roy. And what was hilarious about this whole thing was that they had been dating for eight years and they had been engaged for three years. And so this kind of reminds me of one of those topics that a partner might expect another partner to avoid. Like after so many years, the questions about when are we getting married were probably at some point banned. And I think that's sort of what goes on when people are together for a long time and they're not taking the next step in their relationship um either said or unsaid idea that these this topic this topic of our commitment is off the table and you cannot confront it at all put your feelings aside and just deal with it And that's sort of a big example, but I have known people to just sort of tell their partners, like, if you talk about this one thing one more time, I'm going to break up with you. And I've heard that over and over and over again, and so essentially what's happening is there's an ultimatum that the partner cannot feel, think, or talk about this one topic or else. And so the expectation is you're supposed to compartmentalize all your feelings and all your thoughts about this topic instead of dealing with it with me or confronting me about my behavior. So here's the thing about compartmentalization. Unless you are in a situation in which you have to temporarily triage an action and that you can't have thoughts or feelings around things related, around subjects related, because you have to get something done, because you're a medical professional or some kind of other first responder, or because you have to do something very important in the moment and you can't lose concentration. Unless you're in that kind of a situation, compartmentalization long-term, typically does not end up serving you well in the end. That it is not to ignore our thoughts and feelings about situations, but it is, in fact, for us to understand our thoughts and feelings about situations in order to recognize what our next move is. If Pam were to confront the idea that she was with somebody for 11 years without actually walking down the aisle, then she would know that it was never going to happen, and maybe she would have moved on. Now, we all know the happy ending of the office. But it's this idea that people get sort of stuck in a place because they're unwilling to take a look at their thoughts or feelings around something because somehow facing how painful or uncomfortable something is making you is gonna somehow make it worse. But in fact, if we begin to trust our thoughts and feelings about situations, and we start managing our emotions and managing our thoughts around situations, then we will make the right decisions and we will be able to face anything no matter what it is head on and I have seen people face some really horrible situations in life that have just really shaken me to hear what they had been through in their life. And yet the only option when you have a terrible history or a terrible trauma in your past There is only one way out of it, is to face it and learn how to manage your thoughts and feelings around it. That's the only way out. Putting it aside, ignoring your feelings, ignoring your thoughts, ignoring your red flags, that does not do anything to get you to a healthy place. So just some thought around that, around how you can manage the painful things. And that's what therapy is for. If you really need to confront or face something and you need help with the management of the thoughts and the feelings around it, and you're ready to get out of compartmentalization, then therapy is the place for you. Be well, and thank you for listening.